0: Kia ora, fit like, and welcome back to the Fourth and Forever podcast, or at least that is what we will continue to call ourselves from now until Mark Sanchez offers us lots of money to give that up, or indeed threatens us with other sorts of legal action, which is probably far more likely. Uh, Back from a bit of an extended break, just in time for the start of the NFL season. Stuart Bothwell here, joined as I usually am by Darren Butter. Welcome back to the NFL season, Darren. It's exciting. I'm it glad, is.
1: I'm glad that we are back. I am glad that the NFL is back and I've been having withdrawals. Yeah, watching oh. Eagles versus
0: Jets preseason. Like, oh, how much I need the football back. <laughs> You're such a preseason guy for some reason, and I'm just like, no, oh, it's not football to me. It's it's good to see it being thrown about, and thankfully, there's not been too many serious injuries or anything from this one. But um to me, it's just. It's often such a waste of time. But it's within reason
1: though. If it's mm-hmm. like there's a couple of starters playing out, or rookies who are interesting, I'll watch like the first half. Mm. I think I ever watched the second half of a preseason game. Yeah, you I definitely the second half's like getting a little bit beyond what I'm willing to.
0: <laughs> Your interest certainly wanes after a time. I mean, um, and also, I mean, what's the point in watching a, a Ravens preseason game? Because I think they've won something like 26 in a row or something there. They're just, <laughs> uh, but, and that, that's just a really. Terrible, uh, like record to have, really, isn't it? Yeah, just but like Didn't I remember, the
1: Browns have a very similar record. something when, like they that, won yeah. like twelve in a row, but they yeah. hadn't won a. Did only won two like regular season games at yeah. that
0: time. But the thing like I remember during the course of some of the Patriots, um, most you know dominant years, they would literally go in and lose all four preseason games every single season, before making their way through to the playoffs. So. It means nothing. It probably means it doesn't mean less than nothing. It gets you, it gives you the opportunity to find out what some other guys are all about, but ultimately, just just give me the real thing, and it's it's very nearly here. So yes, I am incredibly excited too because I've definitely been in a funk for a little while, just finding other things to fill the void. Um, you know, about five hundred hours of city skylines under my belt now, whatever it is, um. But no, this this is feeling like it's it's stirring now. It's ready. The behemoth is ready to rise and consume me once again. So coming up on the show today, we are not going to go through every team and every division just yet. But we thought we would ease back into things, but just running through a few few like key things that we're excited to to see. So later on, we'll take a look at the progressing AFC team, best poised to make a Super Bowl run this season as well as an NFC team who looks set to fall from grace. Or will they? Uh, a quarterback who moved from the Motor City to Long Beach, will he make the difference? But first, we thought that we would run through the first-round quarterbacks and wideouts that we like to look of and how we project their respective situations for the season. Sound good? Does sound good. Excellent. Just as well, because that is what we discussed and that is what I have written things out for. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. So... It came as no surprise to anyone that uh, Trevor Lawrence was taken with the first overall pick and went to Jacksonville. Um, we just heard today, uh, not quite breaking news now, it's been out for a few hours, but uh, Gardner Minshew second has been traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for a conditional sixth rounder. Could turn into a fifth under certain circumstances. Uh, entirely possible that it might as well. But um, yeah, this is Trevor Lawrence's team. He will be starting in week one. Uh, head coach admire Meyer, his first time taking the reins of an NFL team. Uh, Daryl Bevel is the offensive coordinator, not exactly his first go-around of it. But um, what's your thoughts on how you feel that Trevor is going to go this season?
1: I think um, you know it's very hard to be a rookie quarterback. and It's very hard to be a good rookie co- quarterback. Mm. Usually when you're the best rookie quarterback, you get drafted by the team with the least to to offer mm. that quarterback um and you know it's not considered good team building to jump right into a a running start so you you rarely see a team put together a bunch of veterans and high high contracted players around a rookie quarterback mm. usually it's you know the the rookies all building up together with a couple of cheap additions and stuff so that's where the Jaguars have kind of been a bit different, but it might just be because Urban Meyer is a little bit um, out of his depth. He has mm. made a few decisions that seem like they're trying to win now, when they're probably not anywhere ready to. And you know, we're probably looking at a three and thirteen, or a three and fourteen, or. Ooh,
0: I mean, I think that's maybe a little bit, um, a little bit harsh, because they have
1: to play the Texans twice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Effectively. Uh, the Texans is who they start off with as well, so we might get an opportunity to see um, Lawrence and Cole get hot right out of the gate against a Texans team that is pretty woeful across the board, although I guess they've sort of done something with their offseason, season I guess. But um, in terms of the weapons he has around him, obviously we know that DJ Chark's pretty good, Marvin Jones uh, comes in on a decent contract. LaVisca Chenault really flashed last season, but I don't think they quite knew how to use him yet. So hopefully with Daryl Bevel uh, at the the helm of the offense, that might change somewhat. Mm. Now, of course, they are now missing uh, Travis Etienne, the running back who was Lawrence's teammate at Clemson, who was the other first-round pick that they had, uh, as he is now on IR. So they're going to have to just do with uh, (laughs) rookie sensation from last season James Robinson, along with the other edition of Carlos Hyde, so they had a pretty stacked-looking running back core. But I, I wouldn't see that they would ever need to go any further than James Robinson, who was like incredible last year. And then at tight end, they got a bunch of no-hopers and James O'Shaughnessy and a guy called Chris Manhertz from from the Panthers. <laughs> the mm-hmm. the I, I think being, I've always enjoyed
1: um, O'Shaughnessy; he's usually pretty good in the red zone, which is. I and was being a little just, bit cruel. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> so, honestly, does get get himself some six pointers occasionally. The I don't know. I just it's all kind of smoke and mirrors now because none of the offensive line starters have played in preseason mm. for um, for Lawrence and for Jacksonville. A, a lot of the you know talking heads on TV and on ESPN and, mm. and th- that have been saying you know oh, Lawrence is going to get battered. He's going to get injured. He's it's no hope, but you know we don't know what this defensive line is going to look like. It's so different from last year. Yeah, well, and it, it
0: depends a lot on like what happens from some of those guys from last year. Like Joanne Taylor was a uh, he was a, a top ten pick, uh, a right tackle, and has failed to live up to expectations so far. They got Walker uh, Walker Little in from Stanford in the second round, I think it was last uh, during the the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not he'll be starting remains to be seen. Uh, probably the most consistent guy they've got on there is Andrew Norwell. But, and Brandon Linder as well. Mm-hmm. I don't
1: think you can go too too much further from centers in terms of Brandon Linder. He's, yeah, he's a pretty consistent player, and
0: that's that's all you really need. It's like something average enough. Uh, but on the line, they could really do with some improvement. PFF has them ranked twenty third overall, but you know there's potential. There's always potential for them to take a bit of a jump, and if Joanne Taylor manages to make that that step, which It's usually the the third year that um, players in the offensive line start to come into their own, but they do really need him to start showing up a bit more. I think having Cam Robinson on the line as well isn't exactly great, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's be fair though; it's Trevor Lawrence. He is
1: the most complete, um, you know, quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, Mm -hmm. and. that doesn't necessarily bode well for him in terms of wins and losses this season but he looks when he throws the ball he looks the part yeah and i think if it's a lot of people putting a lot on on dj shark mm-hmm. i i don't think there'll be much on shark this is going to be a marvin jones offense and if marvin jones can play up to his kind of billing at the lions when he bailed them out lot, love
0: me some marvin jones man that's
1: that's where the 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 game's going to be won and lost, I think. Um, I don't think Urban Meyer's going to be someone who'll rely on James Robinson to to run the ball. There may be a trade coming. If they want to play a bit more like the 49ers or keep um, Lawrence safe, then I think they'll need more than Carlos Hyde behind Robinson. They'll need a bit more of a committee. Mm. Um, We don't know if we've really seen Robinson in a position to win or to take all three downs. I think they'll need to... To add a couple of a couple of rookies or a couple of pre-agents or something in the background just to give them a little bit more depth there. Mm. But it's all new, you know. We've never seen Urban Meyer at this level. We haven't seen Lawrence at this level. Um, and, you know, the defense hasn't done anything ever, so yeah yeah, true <laughs> So, well, so, so we're, for, we're, for a few years they're anyway. not going to jump out and so well start. you have a
0: short memory Darren <laughs> uh, of the days of Jalen Ramsey tearing up over there but um, yeah no, it's, no it's, those
1: guys, don't they all play for the Broncos now <laughs> <laughs> like, they, no, the, they've,
0: they've gone to the Broncos and then left yeah, so. um, but yeah no, they're certainly rebuilding on that side uh, the, the defence isn't going to do them many favours but they can maybe hope that the other Josh Allen starts to live up to his billing on yeah. that side love me some Josh Allen amongst others but um, yeah I think on, on the offensive side there's some, there's some weapons there. Uh, I'm particularly looking forward to seeing what LaVisca Chenault does because his um his skill set just looks like borderline unparalleled in the NFL. He just looks a, a real monster when he gets the ball in his hands. So yeah, I, I would say keep an eye out for him. There's a um unfortunately a reliance on play calling
1: though for players like Chenault and mm-hmm. Jalen Rieger and um the Debo Samuels of the world. They need to be schemed, open. schemed and it takes a lot to do that, and it takes a very a, a trusting quarterback. Cause you're often throwing backwards, mm. or you know, in a way that might lead to a fumble or a, you know, a padded down interception or mm-hmm. that. So, um, yeah, it's a bit to have him as your you know your your standout, your game changer. The you're gonna have to hope that the the offensive lineman Bevel can can scheme something open because if he's naive or you mm. know, pretty standard, then
0: you know, so well, it's just gonna be. He's not gonna be like relied upon at all, you know? all times, I think. But it's if you, if you find a way to occasionally scheme him open a few times a game and get the ball to him, and then he, he can—he's always a threat to do something with it. Um, so yeah, just just a matter of time, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, as I always say. Um, moving on, and Zach Wilson was the one who was eventually taken second overall by the New York Jets after much toing and froing. Uh, head coach Robert Sala comes in from San Francisco, obviously more of a defensive-minded coach, but he brought through probably one of the more important coaching acquisitions of this offseason, which was he brought Mike LaFleur over as his offensive coordinator. So with what they've got there, so it looks like he's going to be starting in week one. Uh, wide receiver Corey Davis has come in from Tennessee, and he's looking pretty good during uh, the, the, the like what we've seen of him so far. Jameson Crowder is still there. Denzel Mims, a pick from last year who has been fading a little bit apparently in camp, but you know, never never looked too much into that. Keelan Cole comes in from Jacksonville. And Elijah Moore, uh, the speedster gadget guy who some people still think can play outside. Uh, Saviour for New York, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, running back, you've got Michael Carter, who was part of that terrific one-two punch in North Carolina um with javante uh, williams previously uh michael perry and tevin coleman there too um but uh, pff doesn't think much of this receiving core yet probably because they need to be seen to be believed at this point but well, like they, 20 29th uh overall it flacco
1: that was thrown them the ball, yeah probably was a
0: bit, bit of a bit of a drop off maybe
1: um Olsen will be a difference
0: um mm. The offensive line, like they've been graded as 22nd overall by PFF as well, but there is potential for this to be a pretty good line, especially on that left side. If, you know, Mackay Becton showed a few uh, real, real moments of brilliance last year, uh, they brought in Elijah Vera Tucker to go at the guard beside him. Conor McGovern is, you nah, know, all right um, in the middle. And then on the right hand side, you've got Greg Van Roten and George Fant. And that's that's maybe where things could potentially be problematic, but yeah,
1: yeah. You know, one of the things that has been coming up in Jets camp is that Mo- Moses um or well, Morgan Moses is very close to Fant. That's actually a pretty yeah. decent battle in camp, which but, is
0: good if they're pressing each other.
1: Yeah, but you know George Fant isn't not great. He's not great. So you'd kind of hope that if you're a rookie, or you know you're. He was going to come in and, and challenge would kind of blip him out if he really wanted to improve. Mm. Otherwise, it might just be the same. Same. At least you've got depth, I guess. You know, um, at the same the same level. But I, I don't think the line is too much of Wilson's problem. I don't think Wilson's going to have the same kind of issues that Borrow and Lawrence would maybe have. I think mm. Wilson with Lafleur is going to be much more scheme orientated. Do you um, think Lafleur
0: is going to try and? Basically, it's gonna re- repurpose the San Francisco offense for, you know, for here? Baker Mayfield, I think. Most, okay. I think most of what
1: um, uh, Zach Wilson will be doing to start off will be uh, winding out of the pocket. And Lots of bootlegs. Throwing on the run. Yeah, bootlegs, exactly the word. Um, especially to players like Mims and more. Um, I actually think, like, Jameson Crowder. That boy gets paid I mean know nothing about him and it's because he's the only player that could catch on a Jets team for like two years. Mm. Especially after Anderson was traded. Yeah. So like Crowder's a good player. He's a good number one. I would say that he'll be the one that runs the kind of the fade out, kind of come back to the line, mm. s- strength, you know, one-on-one plays. But if, if he gets doubled, and this is where the issue is going to come with this Jets team, like who do you double? Who who's getting the, the, the attention? I don't know. I mean none like, of the players really unless you're scheming MIMS and more open, I don't I think it's quite easy for a defense to you know, there's no one that stands out as needing to be double teamed or
0: Well like looking at that wide receiver core, they, they looks like a reasonable amount of depth, but not a lot of excellence. Yeah. So like to me looking at Corey Davis and Jameson Carter, that's two solid number two wide receivers there. Denzel Mims is yet to live up to anything. Elijah Moore looks like he could be a, a good good gadget player, but maybe transition to some outside play, but we've never seen him do it. So like, it, it's going to be good enough to cause problems in terms of do you have enough guys to cover them if they're all on the field at the same time? So I, I, I think that there is a, a possibility that these guys might actually... You know their their right. their floor is quite high, but the ceiling is you know pretty pretty like low. I can't yeah. I can't I can't see them uh, Im- like impressing too many people, but they won't make complete mess yeah. of it themselves.
1: Which is where it's going to lead back to the the scheme, because like you, you if you look at someone like the Chiefs and how you know Tariq Hill is always open, and Elijah Moore has that kind of speed where. If he's getting open in the kind of way that someone like Tariq Hill gets open, then he has the potential to change games. But there's a reason why Hill was the only one that gets open like that, hmm. and it's to do with his like knowledge of where he has to be on the field and the play calling, from and Andy the Reid. On, and the crazy other teammates <laughs> that he's got around him like Travis so, Kelsey. To pick a player like Moore at 19 in the draft and be like, oh, this is going to be our game changer. It's a hopeful you know, thing to do, and you can see why the New York fans are like, yeah, we got ourselves a, a number one receiver, but it is tough to have a player like that as your number one receiver mm. unless your scheme is ready to make certain co- concessions to, to create the space for that player. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to be throwing it to Corey Davis and Jameson Crowder because they're going to be the ones that are running the outside routes, and if you're bootlegging and you're lazy... Or you're bootlegging, and you're only looking at your first read. It's always going to go to whoever's on your side, coming back to the ball, and mm. um, which is what happened with the Browns. Like that's why Odell Beckham never touched the ball because Landry was the easier throw. Yeah. For the first, you know, several weeks of that kitchens disaster. So. Yeah, I think Lafleur will have it, and I think. L-
0: I'm really, just- I'm really intrigued to see what happens here. Like, I don't think it's going to be uh, absolute like blockbuster out the gate because they still have some serious problems on on defense really um i'm just just looking at their their starting <laughs> defensive team at the moment and williams seems like far and away the best looking player there uh, cj mosley will come back into the lineup i haven't seen much of him in a jets uniform yet but then all the way through there's not much uh, marcus may is back at safety um cornerback bryce hall was once highly regarded before there was some some issues there for him health-wise but yeah it's Looking pretty it's dire on defence.
1: Literally just Quinn Williams, CJ Mosley, and Lamarcus Joyner look like the only players that actually have any real experience or have any real like pedigree. Mm. <laughs> it's a very um a
0: very young or cheap looking defence. Yeah. Like, I think that patchwork. If 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 Robert Salah can get Something half decent out of those guys, then he's going to do a very good job. I'll be very surprised. Uh, he's got uh, Jeff Albrecht as his uh, his defensive coordinator there, but um, but it's it's tough because
1: players like um players like Wilson need short fields to get them going. They need the defense to help them out with you know getting them back on the field, getting them getting the defense tired, and yeah, getting them a couple of easy you know completions and that that. They're gonna be probably competing with their own defence a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, I Wilson's got the best offensive coordinator and the best probably skill set to succeed as a rookie. Okay. I think out of the players that are in there.
0: But Is that Slate and Josh McDaniels, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Not, you know. <laughs> well it depends what's going to happen with Mac Jones, certainly from the ones that are going yeah. to be starting in, in like the early days anyway. Yeah. Uh, speaking of early days, they start off with the Panthers, so we'll again we'll maybe Darnold. get an opportunity to see what happens there, yeah, Darnold returning to New York, wonder what kind of reception he'll get there. Oh, he'll put money on Darnold, putting them to the sword. Oh man, that would be kind of funny. At least three, touch, three <laughs> touchdowns,
1: 250 yards.
0: Nice. Yeah. And then just sort of cry a little bit be like, I'm I'm sorry I couldn't do this for you guys and everyone would be like, hey, get out of here. Walk in here.
1: Hey, I'm walking in here. Uh,
0: Someone who tends to run more than he walks is Trey Lance and he was picked up by the San Francisco 49ers uh, who traded up to to get themselves into that position. They had a bit of a a throwaway season last year with a whole bunch of injuries (laughs) and problems. So, Open to really see them come to something this season. It could be a a massive jump for these guys. Kyle Shanahan at head coach, Mike Daniel, sorry Mike McDaniel at OC. Lance is likely going to start behind Jimmy G in week one. Uh, I I don't think there's much other thought into that at the moment. But with wide receivers like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, that is. Like two two guys who are just schemed open so excellently by Kyle Shanahan just finds a way to get these guys so much separation. And then once they get the ball in their hands, bam, they're gone. That's it. It's, it's the explosion they've got there. And then their running backs are quick. You've got Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon coming in, who's an excellent receiving running back as well. Uh, Wayne Gallman coming in from the, Gi- the Giants is no slouch either. And I've got, of course, you've got your your big man there, George Kittle. Probably still a bit one of the best receiving tight ends in the league, uh, up there with Travis Kelsey. PFF has the whole receiving core ranked eighth overall, and the offensive line ranked ninth. Which is probably a little bit a little bit harsh now. I'm thinking about it, but this is a team who doesn't need Lance to come in and start. But you could probably just do it. Like, what what have you got to lose, really? I, don't know, I think with the way
1: the team's built um, for a a deep run, and if the defense is strong, I think the consistency of Garoppolo is what they're kind of counting on. Mm-hmm. And look, if they're eight and two, or you know, six and two, by the time they go to the their um, by their bye week, I don't think they'll be changing it. But if they're four and four or you know, three and three or it's it's not been great, they will change. Yeah. And I think that's what they've pretty much said to Garoppolo is that, hey, we're gonna move on. But if you want to get yourself a twenty million dollar a year contract next year from someone who mm-hmm. needs a quarterback.
0: And come in and play for it.
1: Yeah. Or, and if you want to win a Super Bowl, this is probably your best opportunity to do it. It's like you know why Jimmy Garoppolo can get you to the Super Bowl?
0: Oh, you're asking me. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's, he's already you
1: got you to the Super Yes, Bowl. yes. You've seen him do it. <laughs> so I I feel sorry for Lance, because I think on any any other team um, that needed uh, some help at quarterback, he probably would be starting. But um, it's just going to all come down to it. Raheem Mostert is good, but fragile. And Trey Sermon's kind of on. Un- Unknown and, and Wayne Goldman is. I love Wayne Goldman. he was great in like fantasy and stuff when he took mm-hmm. over from Barkley and he's, but he's never really been put in a situation where the games matter. So <laughs> yeah,
0: well, so <It's> happens <laughs> when you're in New
1: York for the last however many years. <laughs> so we'll see. But then you know Kittle is just the quarterback's best friend, um, and to to be honest, like Kittle and Garoppolo, that works because Garoppolo has the kind of Belichick like looking for the, the edge the. Tight end, whereas mm. Lance is probably going to be more looking over the top, holding onto the ball a bit longer, looking for Ayuk and Samuel.
0: Well, like, I'm just intrigued to see how Kyle Shahan sh- Kyle Shahana, Shahana. Kyle uh, wants to employ Trey Lance. Like, how does someone with Lance's skill set, who you know we've not seen him that much really in college, but you know from what we've seen of him, there's sort of, like real potential there. How does he utilize something like that? Does he does he go like with the like semi Lamar Jackson type route, but perhaps with a little more in the vertical sense? Is he gonna just let him play into his more um, conservative tendencies? Do you, do you like push him up as a runner and get like six hundred yards a year out of him? I don't think relying on anyone to be like Lamar Jackson is.
1: Fools, Lamar Jackson's a one of one, and and I don't think I said that's... like you know sort of yeah. semi like I wasn't so, comparing him or anything. It'd like be that. more like ironically more like Kaepernick, hmm. what they'd be looking to do. And to be honest, Kaepernick didn't come into that season they got to super on too much later. Hmm. So it could be a case that that's kind of their what they're looking at. They're looking to get a a decent solid start, and then they can start to be a bit more creative later on. But there has been talk about them running like two point packages and stuff with Lance and you know end zone packages and getting him running, which is ironic because he hasn't run at all, in his games he's been pocket passing. Yeah, in well, the I mean, playoffs they haven't wanted him yeah. to run, so we don't know what he's going to look like. He could come out, start the second half, week one, and he could be in the first drive of the second half and he could score a touchdown. And that could be it, but he might be not might not see him for four weeks. We might not see him at all. It's news um, just saying. freelancers ends his retirement. We <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> might not
0: see him ever. Um, but I think if 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 he ends up going in at any point, he's in probably the best situation out of all the quarterbacks, just because of yeah, I was being the mean team around Mike McDaniel when I was talking about
1: Lafleur. But um, Kyle Shanahan has
0: the Sha- Shanahan is the coordinator the for this situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think that's like just. Trey, Trey, Trey Lance is in the best best situation. He gets an opportunity to sit. It's only it, it's our problem that he has to sit for now because we want to see him. And he's young. Yeah. So there's plenty of opportunity, plenty of time. There's plenty of other guys we can watch until then. We're gonna do all right. There's like sixteen games in the week one. There's mm. so many games. I like know. you, you don't need to see Lance yet. There's so many other people. Yeah, to there's it. plenty else to go on with. Uh, speaking of going on with stuff, we better continue on with this. And Justin Fields was drafted by the Chicago Bears, much to my chagrin. Uh, head coach Mike Nagy and offensive coordinator Bill Beepew beep, beep, Laser. He'll be behind Andy Dalton in on week one, though. Um, That's what they're committing to. They're saying, yep, yeah, no, this is Dalton's team. This is Dalton's time, according to him as well. Sure, but it's borrowed time, I'd imagine, because Justin Fields has to be your quarterback for the future here, right? The core around him, you've got Alan Robinson, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Everyone knows that he's just been drastically underrated. He kind of wanted out of Chicago for a while. He's still there. you got Darnell Mooney alongside him. Marquise Goodman, who's a good one, who's a total burner. He's come in. Riley Reid hasn't quite lived up to anything yet. David Montgomery in the backfield is a stud. Damian Williams also there backing you up. You've got Cole Kmet and Jimmy Graham, an aging Jimmy Graham. That tight end. The, the core are ranked 22nd overall by PFF, but it's that offensive line that you've got to be worried about at the moment, which is ranked 28th overall. Why <laughs> Fields isn't playing. Yeah, they're not really wanting to, to I, risk it. I
1: mean, they're sacrificing Fields until they have to. Yeah, I mean,
0: they brought in Jason Peters, who is, uh, I don't know, 49 years old at this point. but um, Picking up those 20 million, 15 yeah. million a year paychecks <laughs> to come in and save teams. Yeah, unfortunately, their other uh, top pick, Tevin Jenkins, has been ruled out for a substantial period of time, so we won't get to see his hard-nosed style of play anytime soon. Uh, Cody Whitehair is a, a guard next to him, but yeah, it's, it isn't the best-looking lineup there. Uh, they also they brought in Jermaine Ferri, but let um, what was the other guy's name go? They had a, a tackle. I've forgotten his name now. I think he's been picked up at Carolina or something. I know they were quite um, Charles Hi. Leno.
1: Yeah, I know they were quite hurt about, uh, you know, the Kyle Long coming back, but not coming back to them mm. and going to the Chiefs. So,
0: I mean, I get I it too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I would definitely do that as well. Um, there's going to be a chance for someone to pick up a, you know, a, a Schwartz or something when he comes off his Achilles injury, and maybe this will be the team that mm. that look at that, but. This whole team's relying on short fields created by that defense because that defense still, and we say it every year, it still has the potential to yeah. make some good plays. Like yeah. even when you've got, I love yeah. Akeem Hicks and I love Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack, Danny Eddie Trevathan, Jackson. And Jackson Robert Quinn's in there. He's all right. They're Jalen just, Johnson. They've built a team of big names on defense, and I think it works for them. When they can stay on the field, you know, when mm. they've got an opportunity, like they've done so well with Trubisky kind of hindering them in a way, um, mm. hobbling them, breaking his own leg. Maybe, you know, the, maybe. the meme where you put the stick in the bite, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn it, Trubisky. It's kind, of, <laughs> it's kind of how it's been with the Bears, so you know, they've made a couple, but of, in some um, cases it
0: has been. Tr- tr- wait, wait, so in this meme, is it <laughs> Trubisky? Like, who's putting the stick in there? No, it's Matt or... Nagy
1: that's putting a Trubisky in. I'm like,
0: oh, me. well, it was Trubisky all along. He was the real problem, <laughs> it's like, but it's okay. Why did
1: he do this to me? <laughs> um, I. This has gone on a season too long. I remember we watched that Thursday night game when Trubisky got pulled. Yeah. And he was crying. Mm. And it was done then. And then he played a whole nother season. So I don't know. I think think
0: they maybe they just didn't find themselves in the right situation. But this year they've gone and This is a
1: Ryan Pace issue, because Ryan Pace clearly doesn't want to get sacked and every move he's made has been to like win now, but he hasn't Mm. fixed the number one problem that they had. No. Which was quarterback. And But now they have
0: Andy Dalton
1: and Nick Foles as well as the back. (laughs) They could have been on the second season of a decent rookie quarterback if they picked someone last year and just Committed to the process.
0: Well, if things work out well here, Justin Fields, he could his ceiling could be astronomical. Um I was obviously very disappointed that the Broncos didn't take him. But you know, no disrespect to Pat Sertan II, who's amazing. But Justin Fields might be the best quarterback in this class. Might be. Mm-hmm. Potentially. It's an ask. It is an ask, but it is is possible. Like he maybe holds on to the ball a bit too long, but He's, he's got a, a crazy skill set and if he can be coached right and the weapons are put around him and he's given time and that time thing is what the, the one thing that I think will hinder him this season because that offensive line is really questionable.
1: Remember when Matt Nagy was the offensive guru, the quarterback mm-hmm. whisperer and all these um, things and then we just realised it was just Andy Reid all along. <laughs> um, I I really want Fields to do well. Um he just looks like a star, you yeah. know, He comes on the field. He's like six four. He's built like a tank. He's like he throws the ball right. He runs like a gazelle. You just think that there's no way he can't be good. But the Bears Chicago will find but, a way. But the Bears <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so and they're in probably the worst division. You know they've got to go against like Mike. The worst divisions, but they just seem to absolutely hate the NFC North. Like. They have to go against mike zimmer who always seems to find a way to really annoy the bears and then they have to go into the packers and you know detroit could be frisky this year detroit are such
0: an unknown well, you know, every especially they if they're biting knees on. on the way back up and, <laughs> yeah. and things. But um, yeah,
1: it's just it's it's a very brutal division, like a lot of like physical play and bad weather and all this stuff. And, you know, it might just be a season too early for fields. And maybe that's why Dalton's been given the reins. the kind of sacrificing.
0: I think so. I, I Dalton might just be the sacrificial lamb to sort of, you know, he goes in there, he tests the waters, see what the rest of the team's playing like. Uh, and then be like, we, OK, we, isn't it? been... Why Dolan? Um, because he was there, and you get him on like a one year, I think, wasn't it? One year, know. one year, ten million. Or is that just we got in Dallas? I'm, I'm not sure. sure. Like dolan don't, don't, don't been right.
1: like a player that might have got you like three or four wins, but it's like, do you want to? Mm. Like, to do, does Ryan Ryan Pace wants to keep his job, so I assume they want to make the playoffs. Mm. Yes, this is so... the issue with a, a general manager who's under the pump. Uh-huh. The decisions just aren't being made to build the team they're being made to try and make the playoffs but in the division you're in and with the the offensive line you've got and the everyone except alan robinson is darnell mooney good yes darnell mooney's good yeah i don't know i feel like anyone that's <laughs> your fructuous he's getting thrown the ball to has not had an opportunity yet so
0: I uh, will see bill laser he's worked with dalton before in Cincinnati, oh, I believe. Correct. Uh, yeah, so exciting. During, during some of his better times, actually. So we'll see but what he was happens. the here. 15th quarterback in like- Oh, yeah. I mean, he's bang average. Like, there's, like, the whole concept of the Dalton, the Dalton line. line is based around him. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I don't really like Chicago for this year. But, you know, the, the, could Fields be the rising tide that lifts all ships? I don't no. quite know. But he has the potential to. Also watch out for tight end Scooter Harrington, great name. Yeah. I think if you're
1: doing fantasy, pick up Kyro Santos as your kicker because I just don't see how this team's getting in the end
0: All right, you heard it here first. Darren is going to be picking Cairo Santos in like the second or first round in his <laughs> uh, his fantasy draft. Remaining, see so yeah, how that one pans out. Um, speaking of how things pan out, I'm just I like just doing some sort of really lame, terrible transition. um based on the last sentence. That would have been great for the 49ers. Yeah, panning. Mm. Ah, can we go back again? (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, damn it. We've got to talk about the Patriots. You're just
1: killing killing time
0: here. Yeah, I am. Especially, I've been the one giving you the signal to wrap (laughs) things up, so we can move on to the next thing. And the next thing is the uh, Mac Jones situation in New England. Now, it looks like... Signs are pointing to Cam Newton still being the starter for week one, but it, it's questionable. Matt Jones has performed well enough to make people say, this guy might actually be worth a shot from week one. Uh, I, I don't quite know. I, I think Cam still like, earned the opportunity to go in there and try and make this his team for at least a little bit longer. But having drafted this guy in the first round, it's, you know, it's there for them. It should eventually be his team. We've got uh, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, and Kiel Harry. Oh, this is, oh, oh, Harry's also injured and has requested a trade. I Kendrick Bourne's was, I'm coming. i in too, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Damian Harris at running back, along with James White and Ramondre Stevenson. Who you might want to watch out for. Um, but PFF has his receiving core in at 26 overall, which is still not great. But that offensive line, solid as ever. But third overall.
1: Yeah, so... I feel like Mac Jones will start week one, and the reason isn't anything to do with talent or beating out Newton. I just think that Newton has pissed off the Patriots too much at this point. You think so? I think the whole thing around kind of implying he'd been vaccinated, but then he hadn't been, and then Mm -hmm. he hasn't been able to train this week because he's been in isolation because he was a close contact. I just don't think you get away with that kind of issue at the Patriots I don't think Belichick has the patience for it and mm. at the start of the week when they were in training camp Belichick literally said this is now Mac Jones's time because he's going to get all of the reps all of the minutes in the playoff game in the preseason game um, and Newton's going to be on the back foot so I would I just feel very I'd be very surprised if Newton came in after a week off and started in week one hmm he would get the whole of next week to train, but I just think that whole mis... He's, the, the Patriots and Newton said it was a misunderstanding and a miscommunication that they didn't... They were not afford to have... They season. weren't following the process for Newton that they thought they should have been because they didn't know his vaccine status. And But if Newton's not wanting to be vaccinated, that's not something Belichick's going like, to... He, he might not have an issue at all, players being unvaccinated, but it's to do with the competitive advantage. Yeah, like Newton could be, I, I, Belichick's the kind of player that probably wouldn't play Pat Mahomes if he was unvaccinated because he, there may be an opportunity he misses three or four games and that's too many games and too much unknown for someone like Belichick to take. So, I just don't think Newton's got enough juice
0: in the league anymore to. If if you to have, have this stuff going on, if you're gonna have someone who's unvaccinated, and he's a quarterback, I that's a real problem not just for that quarterback for your entire quarterback room we saw what happened in Denver last year where Kendall Hinton uh, an undrafted rookie wide receiver in the Vikings coming.
1: more yeah. recently in the preseason yeah
0: exactly it's, it's, you can't have something like this happen it is, is too much of a risk uh, it's bad enough having it potentially happen to your offensive line or some of your wide receivers or anything like that <coughs> but um, yeah no it's, 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 it's too big a risk yeah, so I can
1: see Mac Jones and, and Hoyer being the quarterback room for the first few weeks, and then Newton's going to have to make a decision on if he wants to stay in the league. I think mean, it's going to be the thing, and that's probably going to come down to personal preference. and mm. you know, But it's a sad way for it to be. Um, you know, COVID's not really anyone's fault. Mm-hmm. But, you know, teams have to. Try their absolute best to be yeah. competitive, and I just think like the Vikings are going to struggle this year. Mm-hmm. Well, with
0: that bringing it um, back around to Mac Jones, year though, what do what, what you think about him so far? Yeah, I, I like, he's looked solid, and he's been. So one of the big things
1: about this week as well is that every single coach, because they're, they're playing the Giants, mm-hmm. like every coach on the Giants is an Alabama or an SEC boy. Yeah, and they're just hyping him up. Mm-hmm. Like, even the Giants are like, yeah, go beat the Jets. Like you know, yeah, <laughs> the the Giants have been giving Mac Jones advice on like teams like the Jets because they've just played them in precinct. Like these Alabama and LSU and you know um, Texas A M, they love their own guys. The SEC is such a it's, bro- blood, it's a bloody Freemasons club. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> they love Mac Jones. So the, the whole this whole week's been an absolute Mac Jones loving, and I think he's really hopefully he's progressed from it. Mm-hmm. But he was looking good in his appearances. And Do you have to
0: show your vaccine passport to get in the Mac Jones living? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I've not got one yet, so no. still waiting on it. It's very slow on the uptake over here in New Zealand. But I am now eligible, so I will well, get there. Not on the uptake, but on the the
1: ability the availability. Availability. Well, yes. everyone's uptaking it, but yes not being a, not
0: everyone's allowed to yet. Yes. Yes, that's more like it. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm in the similar similar boat. I think that Jones does look real good. That receiving core is a bit of a problem though, tight and that are, was a problem last year. They
1: haven't got the tight ends in there, which is yeah.
0: the, the big thing yes, that they yes. changed. Indeed. So you've got Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry have come in, um, as well as Dev Nassiasi if you want to give him much of a no, much credit, or Matt Lacoste, the hockey player. <laughs> yeah, um, But um, yeah, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are your two big signings, so I reckon you're going to see a lot of ground and pound and using of the tight ends. Uh, out of you know, like just play action sets and stuff. So yeah, they are they are going to be your main guys to keep to keep an eye on. But uh, Hunter Henry will be around for four games this season, then get injured. So we'll we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, do do really like them. But that offensive line: Isaiah Wynn, Michael uh, on on Wainu, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Trent Brown. It's as solid as it gets. Well,
1: yeah, Isaiah Wynn, Andrews, and Trent Brown with Belichick mm-hmm. and um. The guy with the really long name that actually coaches the offensive line that everyone says is like worth two wins a season. Mm -hmm. Um, they are. Mac Jones is in a good situation if he gets on the field. I think the Patriots would have preferred that Newton had come in and they'd won like nine games and Newton Mm. and Mac Jones wasn't needed until next year. But it doesn't look like it's going to go that way. So, let's see what Mac Jones can do. Mm. I'm actually for the first time with the Patriots, it's like they're slightly the underdogs. Like, they are... No oh, one's don't, really, don't give them that. No one really expects... <laughs> like. But then you look at their defence and they've still got Lawrence Guy and Dante Hightower and yeah. McCordy and Gilmore. Calvin kind
0: of Noise come back in. JC Jackson's excellent. It's Gilmore is Gilmore's on public right now. She's yeah. the
1: kind of guy that you get in the fifth round who ends up making the bloody Hall of Fame if you play for <laughs> the Patriots. Like, <laughs> it's just... They're a solid team and... If I was a betting man and I was taking, like, overs and making playoffs, the uh-huh. Patriots' odds just now are, like, very under what, mm, as a I franchise so. and a team they okay. probably should be.
0: Well, I think if, if anyone can find a way to make them successful, it's Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, so remains to be seen. Anyway, we are taking our time to get through yes, these at the moment. because quarterbacks are fun. They are indeed. Uh, another thing that's fun... Wide receivers. So, uh, yeah, let's just let's move on to the, some of the wide receivers that we've got. Uh, yeah, the so, comes... Rashad Higgins. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> Back on topic. The rookie wide receivers. That is, in the first round, or certainly the top end of it, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, and Devonta Smith. Those are the ones that we're going to have a look at here just for time's sake. Uh, Jamar Chase, consensus, just about best wide receiver in the draft, has been considered that for best part of a couple of years now uh <laughs> can't, didn't can't block
1: a linebacker though can i
0: <laughs> no <laughs> also has, has hasn't played in about a year and a bit though so you can't really blame him but just great all-around talent hasn't played in over a year has his former teammate joe burrow throwing to him decent group around him and the likes of tyler boyd but they're still worried about that offensive line not giving joe burrow enough time to get him the ball They. Uh, defensive backs groups that he'll be facing in within his division are ranked two, three, and twelve overall. So it's a tough ask to be a Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver. Yeah. does he have it in him to really make a difference this year?
1: No, but not because of him. Like the biggest attribute that Lamar uh, Jamar Chase doesn't mm. have is that he isn't Penny So, and. <laughs> I'm in the Sam Monson, Mina Kimes, Field Yates camp of... Split the difference? The defensive backs are too good
0: in this division mm-hmm. to not pick the left tackle. I thought Sam Monson was more of like, a, you can flip a coin and either way, he'd be happy for you to take them though, right? Maybe it was the taller one. I think you might have been a Steve Palazzolo sort of yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Sam, Sam Monson was more along the lines of, look, it's it's... Two, two things that can help the quarterback, yeah, it is having better wide receivers, and Jamar Chase could be a transformative wide receiver if he's out there, or a, a really good, solid, potentially perennial Pro Bowl tackle. They had the opportunity to get either one of them. They opted for Jamar Chase. I was like, huh, okay, yep. I get that. Totally fine. But if they are gone for Penisual, I would have been exactly the same. Yeah. Um. But looking at that wide receiving core now, you've got Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a babe. Yeah, that's, like, that's really, really good. Odden uh, Tate behind there as well. He's had his moments. Uh, there's a Morgan Stanley of the Dean Witter card uh, fame. Um, but really good, solid wide receiving core. They've gotten better at it. Offensive line, still a problem. But you got the likes of Quentin Spain coming in. And he might be all right. Riley Reif is as solid as they come at right tackle. Is it going to be enough though? Especially when you look at what's happening on the on the defensive side of the ball. Has that really progressed as much as they need it to? Obviously, they brought in Trey Hendrickson. Um, although actually no I'll tell you what. Are, are we are, am I getting too into the weeds here and I should just be focusing on the individual a bit I think uh, if we're let's just say hope...
1: on the wide receivers like what is Chase good at he's just mm. explosive mm-hmm. he wins one on one battles and he's great on on the um, the byline he you know he has, finds a way to keep his feet in bounds big things for him is that he hasn't played in a year mm. in, in the SEC you only have to get one foot down to stay in bounds, so we're gonna have to see if he can adjust. adjust. Tommy toe tap, as it were, or Tony mm-hmm. toe tap. I mean, I think he will be Did able to toe-tap. I think he will be able to do that, but he has to assert himself mm-hmm. because he can't come into this team and be the third best wide receiver. He has to come in and act and play like the out and out number one. Mm-hmm. To for me to believe that they shouldn't have just taken the blindman because mm. they could have taken the lineman, picked up Elijah Moore later and had Tyler Boyd as the number one I, so I Lamar's got to yeah. come in and be like I'm better than Tyler Boyd and this is why mm. he, and it's on him he's got to come in and be the star and Burrow's going to give him every opportunity to do that if he has time yeah. to give him the opportunity to do that.
0: Well, I think like Jamar Chase can get himself open a bit quicker, and even if he doesn't, Burrow's still going to throw it up to him. He's always had that great connection with him. So,
1: Burrow's a tough one as well because Burrow's played his whole career without being injured, and that mm. knee scar ankle thing got going on is a tough look. Oh, tough look. If you Google like Burrow's knee, it's not pretty. Like, yeah. So we got to see what Burrow does in the first few weeks of the season, how his confidence is throwing the ball, but mm-hmm. I think I think giving them chase and, and giving him chase and, and, and kinda of getting that um, consistency Yeah. Will help the Bengals, but they
0: are in a division. A real tough division. Um another guy who's got to contend with some tough defensive backs in his division is Jalen Waddle, the speed king will really help stretch the field. So will this end up helping Tua Vailoa thrive with, with a newfound aggression? Of course, they've also gone and got Will Fuller. So they're really trying to coax him into being that sort of downfield passer. You have got Devante Parker there already as well. So this wide receiving core could be really, really good. On their opponent's side of things, within their division, second, third sorry sorry 4th 5th and 28th G- guess who the 28th ranked uh, defensive backs are down in that division it's it's, it's the jets the jets yeah, jet. so i was <laughs> um, trying to think what division like, what is division is this it's in like, there? like two parts to question yeah but um jalen Waddle, some people had him down as their number one wide receiver in the draft it's, it's a scheme thing um yeah. Waddle. it's probably the speed for speed um,
1: most comparable to you know the the Tyreek Hills and um, Henry Ruggs and the players that you want to take the top off mm. or the the kind of prototype of that kind of player he might be the most prototypical because mm. he is a lot strong he, he 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 measures a lot stronger than players like Ruggs yeah. and and Hill yeah but it's it's like are saying, Hill's got a savvy to him and and is able to find that kind of gap that Hill has the Edelman thing but also the speed to yeah. to the end zone whereas Edelman could only ever get like five yards further downfield because he wasn't mm. fast enough but you got, he's got
0: to have that savvy it's whether you're fast enough within that, that, that small box uh, or if you're fast enough straight line yeah. yeah yeah it's your, your, your agility and your ability to start and stop especially when you're already at full speed or you know how you manage to fake and feign and how you what you nuance the, the the cornerback. You got to do the dance with them, get him to turn around, and then you go the other way and things like that. There's so many things that need to be taught at wide receiver. He's he needs a bit of luck, and he's had that because he he had such a good game last week in
1: the preseason, and then one of his own offensive linemen fell on him.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: After a play, and they thought he was done. Mm. So the fact that he was fine and came back into the game. That kind of shows that you know, he's he's got a bit of luck, a bit of resilience, and he's going to you know get an opportunity, and it's it's going to come down to Tua. I kind of consider this as Tua's yeah. rookie year because doesn't have to deal with fits. <clears throat> he can just come in, and hopefully that shoulder and hip is strong enough for him to actually throw left. Yeah, which people like yeah Tua didn't play that well last year, but he also didn't throw to his strong side. Mm-hmm. He didn't bootleg. He didn't come out of the pocket because they didn't want him to get hit. So he was kind of being playing with like his strong arm behind his back. So there's a balance here where if Tua gets the opportunity to run with it and throw it, and Waddle is what we expect him to be, this could be a really good offense. This has to
0: be the breakout for Tua. And if it's a breakout for Tua, then you're going to see the likes of Jalen Waddle really thrive. Um, but perhaps not in four of the six division games that they're going to have there. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough, tough against uh, the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills but what's Gilmore and Tredavious White? Yeah, exactly. So he's going to have a time over there. Um, Probably one of the most intriguing wide receiving prospects we've seen in the last little while has been Devontae Smith. Um, So people were saying he might be the most complete wide receiver in the draft but he is really small. (laughs) He's just really, really, really small. But He's just so good at everything. Yeah. He's so good at everything. Uh, he's he's just he's he's quick. He's shifty. He's got some amazing hands. He's got really long arms for a guy his size. Um, but on a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, he's really going to have to do with having like so Jalen Rager and our Sega Whiteside show up and help out him and the perennial Travis Fulham, perennially excellent Travis Fulham, of course. But the quarterback situation is murky. I just got murkier this morning with the signing of Gardner Minshew. I, do you see Smith having an instant impact on this team or is he going to be dragged down by the resources around him?
1: Well, one of the kind of unfortunate things when you look at someone like Devonta Smith is that you kind of go off um, past performance, past um, comparisons of players. And you know who else could do everything when they came in and was small and thought they were going to be gadgety and good? John Ross. John Ross. <laughs> okay. So that's not
0: great. John John Ross. John Ross was like the same, wasn't he like the twelfth pick as well? Like he was, was quite, quite a high pick. pick. But John Ross was like, uh, oh, this guy's real fast. It was not oh this guy can do everything. It's so, Like he was he was small, but he was real quick. Devontae Smith, like you think he only end up running like a four or five year or something like that. But oh. on, on game and game speed is different. Yeah. But he, he he has he has the hands, he has the smarts, he has a great like change a direction.
1: Yeah, I think because he's got the relationship with Jalen Hurts, um, you know he's one. Of, they're they're really good friends, and people were saying there's two two camps to the Minshew trade, which is, you know, we don't believe in Hurts, so we're trading for another quarterback. And I think it's the opposite. I think it's that they believe in Hurts, and Hurts is going to start, and Minshew is more scheme appropriate to back up Hurts. You're not having to change your whole scheme for Flacco, because Flacco's done really well in Preston. but mm. Flacco is a pocket passer who can't run, so if you have Hurts and your whole scheme is developed for Hurts, and then you have a two-game period where you have to play Flacco, mm. that's very damaging, whereas if you can just throw Minchu in and he can run around and throw the ball around, that's I think that's a much more like comparable situation. So I think this is them actually trading for Minshew means that they are going with Hertz and Hertz is they're sold on Hertz and Hertz is going to be the starter day one and and I think that could be good for Smith because Hertz is going to find space and bootleg out and mm. look for his checkdowns and if Smith can do what he did for Alabama, it's a big ask. Yeah, right? with the checkdown and the being in space, then he could really make some exciting plays. Mm. But if not, it's just going to be thrown to Zach Hertz all season. Yeah. yeah, and that's well, and kind that, well, of what's that, been happening for the last, like, three years.
0: So. I mean, the, the, the Zach Ertz thing, obviously he's been asking for a trade and things, but they couldn't shift him on. So hopefully he will return to, to prominence again and him and Dallas Goddard can really help out that wide receiving core, which is a bit thin. Uh, Quez Watkins has been showing up a little bit for them as well. But, um, like, if that offensive line turns, like, turns up and is healthy and, like, Savondre Dillard uh, ends up really coming into his own... You know, you've already got Jason Kelsey there, uh, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. Like if they stay healthy, Jalen Hurts is going to have time. It's a big names it? out. Yeah. Good...
1: Landon Dickerson's there as well. Yeah, he's he's injured unfortunately similar. at the moment. But but um, this is the thing. Like two of the biggest questions about some of these wide receivers is ironically Jonah Williams at the Bengals and Andre Dillard at the Eagles. Like they haven't had a chance to really play these are the top picked defensive linemen from two years ago who literally have only played like three or four games. Mm. So you know if the quarterbacks can be you know um, looked after especially in the um, you know um, in the strong side on, or on the blind side on the left side, then there is a chance that these quarterbacks will be able to get these wide receivers into space. but I think Smith has a good opportunity because he can get the ball off a screen. Off a check down and make something happen, whereas Waddle and Chase are kind of need the two seconds, the three seconds in the pocket to, to get, off the over the top and get some big plays. Whereas I think Smith can create big plays, mm. and that's, that's what... where we're probably going to see Devon Smith being the best player over the first three or four weeks potentially, and yeah. then it might even out. Um, but I would still like Lamar Chase. Lamar Chase. Chase is still to me the number one. Like he's he was the star. Yeah, he was incredible. It's just incredible. they never played last year. So yeah, people so. kind of forgot of how good he is. A
0: bit. People forgot how good he was and he was still drafted fifth overall. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not so bad. Um, I would be a little bit concerned about that, um, the coaching setup in Philadelphia. I think they've got a really like decent roster with a lot of guys coming back from injury. But like, Nick Sirianni hasn't really filled me with confidence to this point. But maybe we just need to let him get his feet under the table for a little while and, and make a move on. It's... Can I just comment on the
1: Eagles? Because, you know, the NFC East is so horrible. But when you... So if you look at the Eagles' depth chart, just up in front that you've just taken off the screen, which I hate as well. I'll go back to it. I'll go back to it. Jesus. So the Eagles are, ironically, a playoff team. If you look at the players they have, they have Annie Harris, they have... um, Fletcher Cox is there. John, John Hargrave,
0: Brandon Graham.
1: You know, they, they've they built a team. They've got Jay Kelly, who's a great kicker. They've got, you know, they've got a good offensive line. Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz. Like, these are players that have been there and done it. And, they're just missing, they're missing a bit of love. Uh-huh. They're missing a bit of skill and something to be excited about.
0: Well done. Love hurts. Yeah,
1: well, if Jalen hurts and Devontae... Are good Ooh, Then this team
0: Probably
1: Darius is there as well See they trade And they've been Picking up players Like they're on the verge Of winning
0: You know they haven't Blown it up in the way That you'd probably Expect them to have Yeah because they Don't need to blow it up uh, Just yet I think they they feel that oh, they've, they've been joining The, the Chargers In the uh, In the injury room re- Repeatedly Over the last couple Of seasons And Um like now that they come back healthy, they've got a few holes in some key places, but if some of these guys can step up, then they, then they could be in for a, a real, a real ride in that division. Uh, I would still probably put Washington actually as my favorite for the division at this stage, but um, Philadelphia not too far behind. I think it's gonna be competitive <laughs> in a night fight rock throwing contests kind
1: of like. Mm.
0: Well, of course. D- Dallas are the real joker in the pack here now because who knows what they're gonna be year on year. But um yeah. Um so yeah that'll do it for the wide receivers. Um we've uh, we've been taking our time again, like I say, but I think uh, we still have plenty of time to go through the other facts that we wanted to get through if we're relatively quick on them. So team from the AFC that we have obviously seen progress really maybe a lot faster than anyone predicted over the last little while I think that's quite fair to say the Buffalo Bills so can they maintain their form from last season and dare we say it improve upon it the wide receiver group still looks incredible with Stephon Diggs the obvious highlight of of all highlights Manuel Sanders joins that group and he can still be pretty handy the O-line is a bit middle of the pack but when you have weapons on the outside like that as well as you know, good running backs like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Matt Breda joins the crew, and then you've got your uh, your crazy athletic um, freak as a quarterback and Josh Allen, who's managed to put it together last season in terms of throwing it downfield. What like is this the year? Can they make an extra step? I think they can. Um, I
1: think that. What they have gained, the Chiefs have lost. I mean, think the Chiefs are not as strong a team in the positions that aren't as flashy. Mm-hmm. They have, because they've had to pay players, Yeah. they had to get rid of offensive linemen, make some adjustments, and make some concessions. And the Buffalo Bills haven't needed to do that yet because Josh Allen's money doesn't kick in for two years. So they've been able to keep kind of building adding to this. And I think that, you know, they've, they've done some really clever stuff, like just taking advantage of the Packers situation to get Kumaro and, like, a really cheap deal. Jake Kumaro was great last year. Aaron
0: Rodgers loves some Jake Kummero and um, very upset. I'm surprised that uh, he didn't make the Packers trade to get Jake Kummero back. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they wanted... Um, uh, Randall Cobb. <laughs> Randall Cobb,
1: yeah. But, the you know, just... They've got such a strong team, and and it comes down to the fact that Stefan Diggs is probably the first or second best wide receiver in the league just now. Like you know, per, like high praise play indeed. Play by play, like is there? I anyone? would say he's
0: he's consistent, uh, and consistently playing at a very very high level. Uh, there's a few other guys up there who I probably still rank above him, but he's he's incredible. And last year was his best season uh, in the NFL, and. I think that if you just continue to to get those balls from Josh Allen, who keeps putting it on a dime week on week, this season could be even better because the team just looks like it's set to to take that extra step forward.
1: And and they've been able to do a couple of things um, really well. You know, we're talking about like Devontae Smith and players like that, but they've got players like Isaiah. Mackenzie is one of the best players in the league at doing the weird gadgety stuff. He's been great for like three years at the end rounds and getting the ball in the two point conversions. And you know, like they've just they they've found, made they good the decisions. Um, it's and good roster building.
0: They've also Cole Beasley's there. Who needs yeah. to get vaccinated?
1: Yeah, because he could knock out that whole <laughs>
0: yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that yeah. whole room. If, if Cole, be if Cole Beasley gets vaccinated, this is a this is a potentially Super Bowl team. If he doesn't, then they might not make the playoffs because they'll be out <laughs> well, for two weeks.
1: They'll all be in the the, you know, the hotel rooms. The we're talking about the offense and how good Josh Allen's been and how strong they've just kept building to the team, you know. But the defense
0: is one of the best in the league. Like they just certainly in the defensive back side of things, I would I would, I would agree. You know, I think Carlos uh, Basher, AJ Epineza, Mario Addison.
1: And then Gregory Rousseau and Jerry Hughes, like they've just <laughs> there's there's a few I think guys, I eight think guys here. that can
0: rush the ball. I'm I'm a little bit wary about because I, I don't think Ed Oliver's lived up to things yet. Star Lotulelei is yeah he's 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 all right, but like you're very solid. Jerry Hughes has been consistent, but maybe falling off a little bit. But like you said, Tradavius White's out there; he's incredible. Jordan Poyer is one of the best in the league. Micah Hyde is still playing at a very high level. Levi Wallace continues to be the Dalton line of cornerbacks, mm-hmm. and um, Teron Johnson's also mm-hmm. out there.
1: Tremaine Edmonds is playing for the same kind of a contract as Twin Brother got this mm-hmm. year, so he's going to be trying to make some hits and make some good. Time. Like this is a team. I I just I like them the a I- lot. the <laughs> issue they're going to have is the. In their division is just having to go against Belichick and Belichick being weird, and mm. that might cost them a win, that might cost them home advantage, that might cost them getting to the Super Bowl. Oh, it, but also, I think we're, the, we're the Dolphins, Dolphins are there the... too,
0: as well. And like we saw yeah. what they were like last season when nobody thought they were really like worth it all, but they, they surprised everyone and, um, you know, really made things difficult. But, um, but they are building to play the Chiefs. This
1: yes. Gregory Russo pick. It's all around knowing that the Chiefs haven't got a great offensive line and couldn't get to Mahomes last year. They saw what the Bucks did, and they've just over... Double overran. down on that. They've doubled down, they've tripled down on it. And I wouldn't want to be going to Buffalo with a full house in January. Hell no. As If I was Mahomes. So this is going to come down to them in their own division, beating the teams they need to beat to get home advantage to to play... The AFC at home. Yeah, they want to be they want to be
0: strong all season. Yeah. They, they can't afford to just uh, let that I... slip because going going to um, Arrowhead at any point from November onwards is tough. So they won't want that. <laughs> Definitely Which is not.
1: Fortunately, why I'd cut Beasley, but that's just me. Oh well,
0: well. Um, yeah, uh, I think we're we're both pretty unified in our our belief that the Buffalo Bills. Are going to have a really good season. This could be it for them, but well, they can't keep uh,
1: all of these defensive players once they start paying out. So they've got yeah. two years, I think,
0: to get this. This is this is it for it. It has to be it for them. And you know, going the other way, a team who it's been, you know, they've been in win now mode for what seems like forever, and it's finally come back to bite them. It's in the NFC. Yeah, with the New Orleans Saints, who, like, is it? Or like, have the wheels finally come off for the perennial so close yet so far team? They are so
1: dependent on Michael Thomas, and they're so dependent on
0: James Winston. James Winston.
1: Their their cap position means that they can't even blow it up. Well, like, no, no one's think... going to take the money off them to. Like, no one's taking the players that are paid.
0: I think we need to reassess how it is that we look at the Saints salary cap thing, because it always looks like it's an incredible issue. But then they go and they pay, they quote-unquote pay uh, Taysom Hill a ridiculous contract, but he's not going to see all that money. There's certain things, it looks like it's up to this with certain caveats if he plays, but they can cut him at any point and get get rid of these sorts of sort of money. So yeah, but it's giving them sixteen million for this year. Or yeah, it is. but it's, still it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. But they'll just they'll just continue to play around. it, they'll always find a way to get around it. They know what they're doing, I think. But Drew Brees is gone. Michael Thomas is causing issues, and he might end up getting traded. The paper. wide receiver group looks toilet paper thin. Jameis Winston is your starting quarterback, and he's about a year and a bit removed from throwing over thirty interceptions in a year. If anyone can make Jameis Winston work better as a quarterback. It's Taysom Hill. Alright. It's Sean Payton. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that team just does not look quite as good as it has in, in past years. And obviously the leaving of your Hall of Fame quarterback who's held it together for so long just because his arm was falling off.
1: I think he, it's going to happen to me. Breeze was a maybe a little bit more of a hindrance than they let towards on towards the end. Yeah, yeah I, I think that they've they've got to a point now when oh they're just rubbish, aren't they?
0: Oh, a, a wide receiver, <laughs> yes. Um, Mar- Marquez Calloway's coming in and he's looking not too bad. But then they got they Deontay got Deontay Harris is fun, fun indeed. You got Lil Jordan Humphrey, uh, actual name Lil yeah. Jordan Humphrey. Uh, Chris Hogan's come come back out of uh like PFF, the, the cross P, retirement, P.L.L retirement. Uh, oh, yes. Ke- Kevin White, uh, former first round pick of the Bears, is also there. But these are all guys who just haven't quite stepped up to it. Ty Montgomery, Traquan Smith, all guys who people have been waiting to come up and do something, and they just haven't yet. No. The offensive line is still solid as with Teron Armstead, Anders Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and Ryan Ramczyk, but. Looking at tight end now, Adam yeah. Troutman, Nick Vanette. Uh, like oh, you got to be worried about that. Well, uh, Al- Alvin pa- Kamara still uh,
1: They're probably their best receiver as hell. He <laughs> might start playing more at tight I, end. I think that's one of the reasons why they've made that decision is mm. that if Hill doesn't play as your fullback or your your gadget, guy. your gadget tight
0: end, who are they throwing the ball to? Look, I would, I would take Jameis Winston being anointed the starter with a grain of salt, because. We know that, like like they've already decided to move people around and do things just whenever they want to. So yeah, maybe Trevor Suning Maybe they would. would. Yeah, Trevor Siming in there. Maybe Ian Book is going to come out and be the Could the All Star quarterback. Uh, he was very successful at Notre Dame, I believe, but he's not really seen as being much of a quarterback in the NFL. But good for him getting a spot there. Um. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is um going to be the one that people are looking to carry the load for this team. But is that going to end up being too obvious for them, especially if the likes of uh, Michael Thomas is not there to help shoulder that burden? But
1: the, the offensive line's still really good.
0: Yes, and Jameis Winston. Let's not forget that in that thirty-three interception season, he also threw for fifty. So fifty-two thousand. Sorry, five thousand two hundred yards, and over thirty touchdowns. He is capable of being mm-hmm. a, like an aggressive things. nightmare. He's just so volatile. If they can cut some of that stuff out of his game, but in saying that, when he was at Tampa, he had far better wide receivers to throw to. Mm-hmm. So where is that going to go? And like on the, on the on the defensive side of the ball, it's looking a little bit thinner than it has. I think the likes of Marshawn Lattimore has, has maybe sort of not. He's not terrible, certainly not. He's still pretty good, but he's not been incredible against people who aren't. Mike Evans.
1: Yeah, but they have they have eaten up a lot of their cap in, you know, taking on Jenkins contract, take paying Jordan, um, paying Davenport. Like mm-hmm. they've they've paid players like Lattimore as well. And now I think they probably expected to maybe be a little bit closer to um to the top than they are. But mm-hmm. it's but there is a the case that if the defence plays well and the offensive line plays well, Kamara... It's a big enough weapon in this league to mm. win you some games, especially considering that they're going against the Panthers. You know, yeah, and the Falcons. Who we just don't know. If the Falcons are going to be any
0: good. It's it's a, it's a real like, obviously at the start of every season everything's unknown. But and that, that's, that had teams... the Buccaneers
1: number for a bit. Though.
0: Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, no, like it's just that that wide receiving core. They all need to step up. Especially if they end up moving on from Michael Thomas. So the Michael Thomas situation was just really strange because I think he he showed up to camp and then they instantly said, No, you need surgery on that ankle. And then he's like, Oh, yeah, I know. It's like, Well, why didn't you do it at the end of last season? And then. Scottie
1: Pippen, he watched The Last Dance and saw what Scottie Pippen did to the Bulls where he didn't want to ruin the summer, you know, (laughs) because he wanted a new contract. And it seems like it's a very strong arm move and like if i'm michael thomas and i'm seeing breeze leave Mm -hmm. and you know there's not enough cap space to get an extension and and you know peyton's maybe looking a bit grumpy these days maybe not the same vibe why wouldn't he want to trade to the rams or to like why if you're thomas like you're looking at chargers rams patriots and that and going well. Yeah, so like, that could be a. Good am I spot gonna for get my what I want of, yeah. at New Orleans, or can I go and join an up-and-coming team and and get get my ring? Because yeah. he's getting paid, so to mm-hmm. him, like he's done, he has the production and the contract, so it's rings
0: now. You'd hope that that would be his uh, his perception of it, but you just you just don't know with with yeah. these guys in the NFL. I think um, to, like Thomas's attitude has been a bit a bit if he on paper has recently
1: moments and yeah training and stuff like he fights with his his cornerbacks and yeah you know and I think that, that maybe it's because he wants to be the best but you know, part of that makes him really good but at the mm-hmm. same time you know sometimes you just got to play the game mm-hmm. and help your team out but if he didn't want to spend
0: it's not quite Antonio Brown levels by the yeah. way like we'll not we'll that down if
1: he didn't want to spend summer in a cast then you know, that's his decision i guess it's like Obviously, they didn't force him to get the surgery, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like a team mandate for him to get it. So yeah, I. We'll see how it goes, but he's not going to be back until like what week six, week seven, or, something? or until their bye week, or like they're really not expecting to see him for a while. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think they're going to have a tough time. I think that the Falcons can surprise them, and I think that the. But Bucks so are just gonna have that division. Mm-hmm. So I I I know it's an extra playoff spot, but I'm struggling to see where New Orleans at the moment would get in. I don't know.
0: Like I uh, I maybe I, off I the can...
1: NFC East team that don't make it, like
0: Best like let's yeah. just look at like but... worst case scenario I think is obvious to us, and that's just that like no, the wide the wide no receivers and the quarterback they... thing's a problem and they they just they just like flounder and crumble uh, despite the fact that they're pretty good in other spots. But I, I don't see that as being the case. Um, I also don't feel as if the, the best case scenario in which Jameis Winston comes in and just manages to light up with a bunch of wide receivers who start playing out of their skin and manage to get free because they've got time because of the offensive line. That's more much closer to happening, but you know, maybe, I'll temper that a little bit and just say maybe somewhere in between, but leaning towards positive. I will skew slightly positive on the Saints, but they're certainly not what they have been over the last five, six years. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, so to to sort of wrap things up, Matt Stafford is on the move uh, this offseason. So he's managed to escape, sorry, leave uh, Detroit after being there for his entire career. Uh, The former number one overall pick, um, was you know always the the center point in Detroit, and now he's moved down to California to live in a place which is just I think mm, a better, slightly different standard of living. But um, will he be the one to tip the Los Angeles Rams over the top, or is he just mediocre and won't move the needle more than Jared Goff did? No doubt he has an improved situation in Los Angeles, but he has had weapons in the past such as Calvin Johnson, and failed to achieve fully. But was that his fault? Was it just purely because of how terrible Detroit is? So he'll be behind the 8th best offensive line and ninth best receiving core in the league, according to PFF, obviously depending on regression. And we know that Stafford is capable of making throws that others can only dream of. Is Matt Stafford the missing piece for Sean McVeigh?
1: I think he was the only piece that was available that could even give them answer to the question slightly, slightly which is they're better
0: than they were because mm-hmm. Jared Goff. Jared Goff was not what he was. In his one season of
1: yeah, but even in that one season, he was being he flashed. Red. And like Jared Goff oh, yeah. loves throwing it to the numbers, and you have to show there was him an exactly over him. reliance on throwing it that way, which is like great for Cooper Cup, and you know, like got a lot of um things. But Stafford has a much higher um ceiling in terms mm. of the plays that are available. Yeah, um, he will he will go for it. McVeigh did say McVeigh did a podcast on the Ringer um, with Pete. Peter Schrager, which I would recommend people listen to, and McVeigh did say that, you know, Stafford isn't Aaron Rodgers, but he does have this ability to change the play at the line and call audibles and make adjustments after the mic goes off, Mm -hmm. which Goff just couldn't do. Yeah. So, they were running Akers and Gurley into walls Mm -hmm. because Goff didn't know how they make these adjustments
0: and read the defense properly. At Stafford
1: can. So you think in a in that Orle- New Orleans game a couple of years ago, if it had been Stafford and they'd been able to call a bootleg out of the run and score an extra touchdown, they would have been in the Super Bowl again. Um, it's just, I don't know they did win that. They would have won that game easily, and they would have had more against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Mm. And I think that's kind of where they've been at. That Belichick just knew that what Goff couldn't do. Which is telling you it, where the sun rises. <laughs> yeah. And made it really difficult after the mics went off, because you know, the McCourty brothers and all that were so good at scheming adjustments, mm. that this is something they had to do. So I think bringing Stafford in and that ability to call plays at the line, to have a bit more in his arsenal, you know, maybe he's a bit older, it's fallen off a little bit, but I think it just creates a lot more questions. Mm-hmm. And you know the 49ers don't have Salah anymore. The The Seahawks, you know, they've got Jamal Adams, but it's tough. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have the team they had. Um, and the Cardinals, I don't think, are a threat to the Rams. Okay, interesting perception. So, I think the Rams, if Stafford is top 10
0: efficiency, which is not really even talking about like production, just
1: efficiency, mm-hmm. then they're probably going to be one of the best teams.
0: I think he's going to be forced to do a lot less than he has been for like in previous instances.
1: Messiah, you know, he's coming in and running around (laughs) and having to lob it 40 yards just to come back. And and the Rams can build a defense and an offense that allows them to kind of churn up the field and take their time. Whereas the Detroit Lions always just seemed to feel like they were behind the eight ball and behind and having to chase. And I don't think that really works for Stafford at his age now.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean... So I was just going to try and see if I could find out uh, like grades throughout his career, but I'd have to fiddle about with some stuff there. But anyway, yeah, he's, he's clearly an upgrade as far as I'm concerned. He um, is just going to find himself in a better situation. The, 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 the coaching's better. The players around him are better. The defence on the other side is going to help him out a lot as well. That's something that, to my mind, he's never had in Detroit. I love this stat that's right here that I don't think you know, that our listeners
1: can't see, but last season <laughs> Stafford had twelve designed runs for minus five yards. So it's not exactly he's not gonna threat. be running, you know <laughs> maybe with McVeigh'll be a bit better, but you know you know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. He's a old fashioned quarterback who will make adjustments at the line and throw people open.
0: Yeah, but like he is sneaky athletic. So on on like like scrambles and stuff, which are locked according to my account because I don't have PFF elite. Sorry guys, but shout out to PFF. Um, I am subscribed to you on both the both of your podcasts and on the PFF. So I wouldn't mind having an elite package, please, please, please. Um, we'll just pretend that we we work for um NFL. <laughs> well, what's his name?
1: Chris, Forgot, Chris Collinsworth? I've forgotten his name because I hate him so much. Jets, <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. That we, weren't Mark yes, we work from Mark Sanchez. That's it, we work for Mark Sanchez. Hey, he's calling from Barstool.
0: And they'll be like, oh yeah, well in that case you, you've got to get the Enterprise uh, license. Like, yeah. what? It's like, oh yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's uh, like $200 corporate. per... No! Mm. <sighs> yeah, we're not a
1: real... We're not a corporate business. Don't no. We charge us corporate fees.
0: I do like the Rams. I don't like them as much as many other people seem to like them. I think that division is still incredibly tough um, and it could go anywhere. Um, but I do think they make the playoffs. I do think they cause some problems. Aaron Donald is there and is going to continue to keep people alive.
1: Yeah, And Stafford's going to have to go against Donald in practice, which I think will
0: help. Nah, he'll be fine, <laughs> be fine. Right, Darren, I am going to allow you the opportunity to speak about your beloved Cleveland Browns as a bit of a bonus here. So just want to set you up on this. So PFF gives you the best offensive line in the league, the best one-two backfield combination in the league, the 14th best wide receiving core. But we know that if the likes of Odell Beckham Jr. can get back to the top of his games, that that will explode through the stratosphere. <laughs> you are the third best secondary. You have Miles Garrett up front. It's shaping up quite nicely. So... Can they, the Cleveland Browns, count on you to bet your house on them winning the Super Bowl this season? <laughs>
1: I'm not betting a house on so anything
0: <laughs> the Browns do. Larry, well, um, right. pizza? Pizza, <laughs> yeah, pizza bet. I can, I can do a pizza. The Cleveland Browns making the Super Bowl is your pizza bet for the season, is it? Yep. Yeah. The... I think you owe me a pizza for um, uh, Andrew Luck by right? Well, he was coaching a
1: high school team the other day, so, you know, maybe. <laughs> oh, we'll sounds, it's his it's way back in, is it? <laughs> yeah. The... The thing with the Browns is that I was angry with them last year because even though they'd improved and they they you know got better in so many places, there was just a massive issue with playing the Ravens. Like they they hadn't plugged the gaps. Like Lamar Jackson is the Browns' kryptonite, and in such a strong division, losing those two games every season is you're not hurts. you're not gonna win. That's why they finished third in their division because they couldn't beat the Ravens, but. This year they get Grant Delpit back. They signed Anthony Walker. And you know, it's not the sexiest thing you're looking for in a number one overall pick, but Clowney is probably, you know, top five rushing defensive players. Like he can defend
0: the run. Oh, against the like not rushing, not, not sorry, rushing the quarterback. The, the, yeah. Running Rushing against yeah. the run. Yeah. Okay. So like, he's he's probably like having him on one side. If you get him and Miles Garrett to sort of pincer move Lamar Jackson and contain him, that can be can be really helpful. Yes, um, I would certainly say that you were quite happy with uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa being picked up with your second pick. In well, the draft. I was talking when we were doing the the draft coverage. I was I was talking about
1: trading up to get um, Parsons. Yep. So to get Jok in the second round, and then add that to, to getting Greg Newsom, getting Greg Newsom at the end of the first round, getting Mac Wilson in the fourth round, and getting um, uh, the young lad uh, Delpit in the second round as well. This is a well-beat team. Even Greedy Williams was second round, like, mm. and he was projected to be top ten as well. Like, they've built some big names and some talent. You know how there's this kind of thing where some teams will go for the player. With the the numbers over the mm. name, yeah. The Browns can't kind of gone the other way and always going kind of come with a player with a name from the big yeah. school, mm. like which I have always said is how I would draft. Because just... there's, there's
0: a lot of pedigree through this team, like but there's a couple of guys who are maybe a little bit like not entirely sure, but they've built a roster that looks as good as I've seen. Uh, it's it's great that that wide receiving core is so deep. Like, I have no idea how they're managing to pull this together under the cap, but you got obviously Odell's there with Shard Higgins, Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples Jones has been taking the top off the of defense. Anthony Schwartz is a Swiss Army knife. You know, uh, it's because the the um, Shard Higgins, Peoples Jones, JoJo Natson, they get paid about ten dollars between them. Yeah, I would say Nick Chubb got paid this off season, and he's just an outstanding running back. And when you have Kareem Hunt in there, it's just a relentless smashing from that backfield. And your offensive line, uh, Jedrick Wills, Joe Batonio, J.C. Tretter, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, all of those guys are potential Pro Bowl caliber. Every single one of them up front. And
1: then if you're going power, you get to add Andy Janovich to that line. Yeah, smash it up. Love me some Andy Janovich. So they can go... Gadgety with Hunt, or they can go smash it up with Chabanianovitch and that offensive line. Like they can do. When this is where the issue with Kitchens was, that Kitchens didn't know what he didn't know. Like, he was never gonna be able to scheme anything up. But Stefanski, ten yards out from the the end zone. What play are they running? When you look at that team, are they running G- it? Him- are they throwing it? Are they going end around? Are they doing a quarterback rush? Like.
0: They could do anything. It's like with the, with the swag that they have at quarterback as well. Like you just kind of feel as if anything's on the table, on any given down, and that is the way it should be in the modern era. It's just that oh, well, first downs your running down it's like no, like, we'll just we'll, we'll we'll pass it. Yeah, It's just like every down should be a passing down, but we're gonna run it every now and again just to keep you honest and also because we've got two guys who can really. Smash it up against you.
1: Yeah, one of the the big um, the big wins is just that they. They have kind of got away from this verticals. You know they, they picked up the big more players. more nuance now. Yeah, they picked up the big players, thinking that they needed big players, and then didn't know what to do with them once they got them, and that made the the offense really, you know, predictable. You know, it was either going to Landry on the second read or it was going to Odell. And if it went, if, it, if Baker somehow got to his third read, it was going to a wide-open Higgins or Njoku. But the likelihood of that happening was so bad because they just didn't have the the offensive line and the time and the nuance to actually yeah. get to the third read. Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas now, they've got four or five players that he can give it to. Yeah, Right. Now, this is it. Baker Mayfield, do or die this season... He has to be good. He's got no excuse. Because that team is excellent across the board. Of course, take into account we've got another extra game this year, so 17 game season. How is this all going to pan out? What is Baker Mayfield's season going to look like? We'll just we'll just put it down statistically.
1: I think Baker's going to be a three and three and a half thousand yards throwing. Twenty touchdowns. Maybe pop it up
0: to four thousand because of the extra game, or a
1: thousand yards in the game. Now. No, but maybe four thousand, like early four thousands. Okay. If uh, even then, that sounds like a lot. Like I feel like he's more mid three thousands. What do you, do you, do you yard, feel that's 20, happen? 20 touchdowns, eight intercepts. I think that most of this is going to be on Chubb and on.
0: Now, yeah, that was what I was going to say. So, is that is that based on? Their usage of, of Mayfield, or is, is it kind of because of the, because of the, the scheme, running backs? Because yeah. I just
1: don't think you can avoid how good Hunt and Chubb are mm-hmm. 20 yards out from the end zone. Mm. You know, they, they don't need Baker to be Brady. They don't need him to be Lamar Jackson. They just need him to be solid, and I think that's what he's going to be, and he's going to get paid for it because mm. the Browns haven't had someone like Baker since they came back. Sure. And I think people... This is where people that don't follow the Browns get confused. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, Baker might not be as explosive as Allen and as exciting mm-hmm. as Lamar, but to the Cleveland fans, he's everything. Yeah. He wanted to go there. He's the one who he stopped loves that, that there. Jersey names. He tells everyone to F off like when they talk about the Browns. Like he is he is the dog pound. Yeah. He is exactly what the Cleveland Browns fans want. There is no I don't think there's a single Cleveland Browns fan that would argue giving him whatever he wants for the next like eight years it's just you just have to know what you've got with him like he's brilliant at bootlegging. like if you give him the time Mm -hmm. he's going to find Higgins in the corner of the end zone but because they've had such little dynamism like the the lack of knowledge like Mm -hmm. people being able to read what he's going to do it's been really tough for him to actually pick teams apart but he's had games like the Ravens game, like a couple of years ago when they they won in Baltimore. Like he's he's had moments, and I think that he does enough to get paid. He's done enough to get the Browns to the at least the the divisional round. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, unfortunately, I just think because of the strength of the league, yeah, in certain places that their their cap's gonna be probably getting beat by the. The Chiefs in the in Championship the conference game final. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they can beat the Bills. You know, they're an Ohio team. I think if they, were to, yeah. if they were to go to the Bills away in the conference finals, that's a much better game for the mm. Browns than it is for the Chiefs. So I, I think they've built themselves to play these teams, but it's so competitive. If, if they can stay healthy,
0: like it's, just, it's a top five NFL team. As far as I'm concerned, uh, I I put a lot of weight on how good that offensive line is and the weapons around it. And I think that Mayfield is going to going to thrive this year. I reckon he is going to do it. It's going to be like, for my money, about 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, maybe a bit more, 32. And like I say, he's probably not even going to need it because, like I said, Nick Chubb is going to get uh, 10 plus touchdowns himself. Kareem Hunt's probably going to get five or six and and that defense is going to step up. Uh they've they've added some some real pieces across the board. I don't know how they keep managing to add players got Harrison
1: Bryant. Who's like one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. Like, yeah. They've just done some like I don't even think for me if they get any issues, any clap back, any negativity, Joku and Beckham they'll be gone. Yeah, they don't need to be there anymore. Like <laughs> really. They can trade Beckham for a cornerback to add to because I think yeah. cornerback they need a little bit more like you know there's just Newsom's a, a rookie Greedy Williams is terrible at tackling mm.
0: I would still like to see like if if Odell walks out the door I would like to see another wide receiver go in there because I think that Landry's good but he's like a maybe like a, a 1.5 you know yeah. or like a like a high high end second wide receiver these days Rashard Higgins is excellent but you know he's still like a ton of well. people's Jones, don't peoples peoples Jones can, can blow the top me. off a of defense right <laughs> But um, if you if you manage to get someone, like maybe you might swap Odell for another wide receiver somewhere. But I don't know. I don't I feel know. Like we're losing
1: that. our first game of the
0: season. Probably. Of the Probably have said that now. Yeah. But anyway, I'm I'm high on the Browns this year. You also seem quite pleased. It's just nice to support a good team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel <laughs> very very close to doing that right now, but um, I need to be convinced by the quarterback. But that's it. Anyway, Darren. We've gone over ninety minutes. We've done a good job, I think, what it's been quite a comprehensive, but easy-ish welcome back for us. Um, Yes. I think, um, obviously, well, we're actually back in level four lockdown at the moment. We should be coming out uh, on on Tuesday to three, which is effectively four with takeaways. So we should be able to have some time to to squeeze in um, a divisional preview sort of thing over the next little while, I would think. Yeah. Sweet as well then. Until then, it feels good to be back. It feels good to have the NFL on the horizon. Thank you very much for joining us. And we'll catch you guys next time. See you later. Thank you. Kiara.